Welcome to the show, sports fans. How are you today? Hope you're doing well. Thank you for joining me. I'm your host, the highly replaceable Brock Crocker on the One Man Sports Show. And it is May the 19th, and it is the day. It is the day where the playoffs start for the Edmonton Oilers. And by far, my, my well, I guess I'll count like, you know, important family dates and stuff, but by far the most exciting day of the calendar. I feel like my whole life has just been waiting uh, for the next Oilers playoff game, and it comes tonight. Uh, I couldn't be more excited, and, and, I, and I can't wait. And uh, thank you for Mr. Kenny Loggins for bringing us into this one, and, and if you're wondering why I'm going some old-school Kenny Loggins, Loggins I'm, I'm going to tell you, uh, that was the song... That was on top of the Billboard's charts when the Oilers started their playoff for their first cup back in 1984. So I just wanted to put that vibe back out into the, the podcast universe. And, you know, as luck would have it, in, in that year, they were actually facing the Winnipeg Jets uh, to open up that year. So let's hope that that's a good omen of things to come. Like I said, I couldn't be more excited for for tonight for sure but before we, we get too ahead of ourselves and, and it's good hockey weather of course i'm broadcasting to you guys i'm podcasting from just east of edson and uh we've we've got some hockey weather in the air today you know the, the, there's actual snow on the ground so uh it's game on today but like i said before we, we go too far into what's uh looking at tonight's so i kind of taking a peek back at yesterday you know after my I don't even want to call it historic, but what are embarrassing? I guess embarrassing is the word I'm looking for. The 0-9 MLB uh, Sunday that just kind of ruined my whole day. Uh, yesterday, we, we did get out of that tailspin. Uh, on the picks that we discussed on the podcast yesterday on the MLB side, I went I went 8 for 11, so that was much improved. NHL side, 2 for 3, and no luck on the NBA. And as far as the bankroll goes, you know, I probably lost... Uh, probably about twenty five percent of my bankroll yesterday, despite you know being probably I don't know what does that make me sixty percent yesterday on the day as a whole. But I guess I can't be surprised. I was pretty invested into the NBA yesterday, and I did go over for two. And I actually spent last night watching the NBA because I just figured with the Oilers coming and uh, and the NHL playoffs just getting better and better, I'd probably be able to, to give it less and less of my time. So let's let's start over there. And like I said, I, I went over for two yesterday uh, in the NBA and we did learn some stuff and 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 you know it's funny I woke up yesterday thinking that it was going to be the Pacers and the Celtics were going to win and I end up talking myself out of it by talking with somebody who agreed with me and my initial you know I guess it always goes to show sometimes you should trust your first instinct and and I've been saying all along the Charlotte Charlotte Hornets team isn't coached well uh the effort isn't there and you know if you could nail it last night. <laughs> what happened to the Hornets? That's exactly what happened. Uh, they had a chance early on. You know, they had they had some opportunities. They they were they were firing some threes and cleaned up the boards on a couple of them to begin. But they just couldn't do anything about Sabonis and friends uh, coming down to the other end. They were moving the ball. Uh, they were they were hitting open threes. They, they were just getting no contest at all on the defensive end. And and what can you say about the Hornets yesterday? If, if you listen to the broadcast, you know, even the broadcast was getting all over them about effort. And then when it comes down to the coaching side, well, they had, you know, that's kind of one of the nice things about the, the, the current 
current uh, situation in a lot of these things. We're hearing the coaches a lot more. We're hearing a lot more voices on the coke on on the uh, on the court, and we hear the the Hornets coach yesterday talking to his team when they're down. And and to me, it was just a hopeless cause. He might as well have been a cheerleader with what he was saying to his team. You know, run hard, work hard, uh, make make sure you make sure you're putting in your effort. Like. Uh, I don't know. These are professionals. We're beyond that conversation in my mind. And if you're having to do that, uh, you, you've got problems. And, and as a coach, you know, as a player, I don't know how much respect I have for that. You know, I want to hear, hear something about, you know, what's our plan to, to, to get out on the corner three or, you know, what, what's our plan on our rotation to get better? Or, or you know, what's the plan? <laughs> you know, and I didn't hear one out of that Charlotte coach yesterday. So uh, obviously I wasn't in their huddle the whole game, but what they did televise, and it was in a crucial part of the game. Like I said, it was just, it might as well have been the broadcaster giving coaching this team. So uh, there was that. And the Pacers, of course, rolled to an easy 144 to 117 win. And, and they will, uh, they will. What's that was the the tenth and ninth. So they'll play for they'll play for the eighth spot now. The Pacers win that right, and they'll play the. Uh, I guess it'd be the Wizards. The Wizards fall to the Celtics yesterday, and, and you know, like I said, I, I think the playoffs are a start of a new and and uh, I wanted to give the Celtics credit for that yesterday, and and I got away from it, and I just didn't trust trust. Jason Tatum and you know he comes through in a big way yesterday and and to be honest I'm not too sure the healing is done all the way uh I thought I thought this might become down to a competition of hearts and grit and determination and I gave that nod to uh to Russell Westbrook no problem but uh he he didn't uh uh, he didn't. He didn't provide that effort. So uh, the Celtics. I don't want to say they got an easy one, but it was pretty easy as far as we would expect of, of a playoff type game. So we'll see when the competition gets a little stiffer. You know, I'm kind of reminded that this Washington team isn't very good. We, we, I've been saying all year it's it's Batman and Batman as far as as far as this team goes, and not a whole lot else. Well, yesterday I, th I think maybe I was wrong about that, and maybe it's more of a Superman Superman situation, and. Uh, Team play is their kryptonite uh, on that one. The, the the Wizards gave up tons of points off of turnovers on that one. Uh, Boston killed them on on second chances, so it, it just uh, it just wasn't a good effort game. I thought from these Wizards, I I didn't see a man possessed at all in Russell Westbrook, and you know he was limping a little bit at the end of that one too, and and Beal was banged up too, so I guess that's understandable. But well, whatever the case may be, the Celtics get by the Wizards quite easily, one eighteen to one ten. So like I said, we'll let, we'll see if some of the healing can begin uh, with the Celtics. Kemba Walker, of course, had a big game yesterday, so you know if they can get their all all their their stars they have because they are still pretty loaded when you look at the roster they've got some some guys some heavy hitters there so we'll see and i truly believe that if you have a, a dominant wing in this league like a like a Kawhi leonard jimmy butler those types uh the greek freak you know those are those are money in the nba and you need those to to if you want to you know it's just going to be go so much further to the such an advantage to have that versatility and, and domination at that position out on the floor uh especially come playoff time so we'll see tatum comes through big big yesterday so we'll we'll see uh what kind of competition he gets next and like i said uh We'll see. We'll see. I'm not too sure if I'm ready to, to forgive the bipolar, the, the Celtics yet, but uh, uh, yesterday was a good start. Uh, looking over at the NHL, and like I said, we went two for three yesterday, and <clears throat> uh, just looking at the games yesterday, you know, they were pretty good games yesterday. Uh, I, I watched the... Uh, 
I watched the, uh, actually I watched them all really, but uh, the Tampa Bay Florida series towards the end, you know, the Florida Panthers are in big, big trouble. They're the one team yesterday that uh, didn't come through and get the, the match and, and, and they, they're letting the series slip away and I don't know if they can get back into it. Uh, I, as you guys know, I'm not a big proponent of the Lightning uh, being a, a top team in this one, but uh, they can sure lock it down and now they're in a position to really uh, play into their game. The Panthers have really blown their chance in this. If you look at what the, what's gone on in this series, uh, they they had Vezhelevsky who didn't have a good game in game one and, and neither did Brabowski. So there's a missed opportunity at home uh, where, where the home goalie had to be at least you know, well, the better goalie, but uh, had the total opportunity to do so. Vizilevsky was very, was very human in, in that game. And then yesterday, they get off to a slow start, uh, go down two goals in the first period. But if you look at the next two periods, the, the Panthers won those periods. So uh, it, it's trouble for these Panthers team now. Uh, we'll see what kind of goaltending they can get. You know, it's only one goal. Uh, Dridger had a great game yesterday, but still the guy across had, had an even better game. So uh, we'll We'll see about that if they can get back in this game. But I think uh, I think Florida is in a world of trouble. Knights and Wild, you know, this game was a close game too. And, and the Knights were kind of stymied the whole way through. And then Minnesota gets a goal to break it open in the second period. And then the Vegas gets one back right away. And, and then they score another one right away. Uh, and, and then it was kind of a close game again. And it looked like the the Wild might be able to, to put up a, a fight at the end because they did keep it down to one. And there's a late penalty call. And, and Vegas gets another power play goal to ice this. And, and they almost got the empty netter in this one too. So, um, close game, close series, and these teams, you know, they're very evenly matched. And you look at this one, and I think Vegas, you know, they did, they did the things they had to do. The the the, the body checks in this one was sixty three to forty six, and I do believe the advantage for this Wild. Uh, I do think they have a couple little more. Uh, uh, Game breakers, skill guys. So uh, I, I think if they the Vegas can get on the bodies like they did, uh, I, I think that's going to be a good thing. We see that uh, Kaprizov did take a penalty yesterday. So uh, and I didn't see that play. So I don't know if that was frustration or what was going on with that. But uh, uh, not a good sign, you know, when he's taking penalties. That's not what he's on the ice to be doing. And and the Golden Knights uh, get the victory and the Wild go down because of it. So. Very competitive series, but uh, everything kind of went our way yesterday, like I said, with the exception of the, the Panthers, and I thought they had their opportunities. They just they just didn't get it done, so we'll see what they can do going forward. Bringing us over to the MLB side of things, and we've seen a no-no yesterday by, uh, oh, who was it? It was Turnbull out of, out of Detroit, and now we've seen the second no-no thrown against the Mariners so uh, that's something to think about and I keep discounting these Tigers and like I said the guy goes out and gets a no-hitter yesterday so uh, congratulations to him anyway. Uh, Reds let me down yesterday that was one of the ones where I was down yesterday and it, it seems like I just keep wanting to get on those bats and find a reason that they're going to win at home and the Giants come in and they stay hot on the day and, and, and take care of them no problem. Twins, who we had yesterday, they, they do get a win over the White Sox in a game that uh, I'm interested to talk about today, so we'll, we'll get to that one. 
shortly. Astros Athletics, you know, we had the Astros on the run line yesterday, and they lose by one, so they do come in, and I just think that's a great series, and we'll look forward today to, to that to continue on uh, as far as that goes. And the Padres, you know, in, in another game where I thought the Rockies would be competitive, and I can't, I don't even think we actually discussed that game yesterday, but I might have put the Rockies on the run line had we. Uh, they they lose 2-1 to, uh, to, to the Padres, and I think they go again today, so we will be looking at those. And I guess we'll get right to it looking at today. And let's get right over to the hockey side. You know, I'm like I said, I'm super pumped. And keep in mind, I do have the EOD, the Edmonton Oilers Disorder. But uh, uh, I think you guys want to listen to me. And I think it's crazy this year when I hear people talking about my Edmonton Oilers. Uh, you know, to put this into context, this team, Connor McDavid is, is the greatest talent since Sidney Crosby, since, you know, I hear people com comparing him to Wayne Gretzky, and I'm a huge fan of both. I've seen them both play, and I don't know if I'm ready to make that 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 leap yet but uh Connor McDavid is is pretty darn good and I you know I've got no problem giving him the nod as being the best player of his generation and probably the best player to come out of the NHL since Wayne Gretzky so you've got him you've got Leon Draisaitl, who to me is the second best player in the league you know this guy reminds me of Ron Francis he plays an all-around game he's got size he's he's got speed uh, is super off offensive. Is great defensive player. He's just an all round stud of a player. So you got those two guys. Then you got the linchpin of it all, Darnell Nurse, and this guy is a beast on the back end for the Oilers. He does it all, and you know what he does best that he doesn't hear a lot of talk is this guy breaks cycles like nobody's business. Uh, when the puck comes into the Oilers zone, Darnell Darnell Nurse is getting it back, and the puck's going back the other way. Uh, his outlet outlet pass is awesome. He's been great on the offense this year in addition to defense uh to me he single-handedly uh gets the credit for resurrecting the the career of tyson berry and, and is a huge contributor to the success mike smith is having and to the team all around like, to me darnell nurse is the lynn pinch to the whole darn thing and, and and he's been absolutely lights out you add in tyson berry the you know the the nhl's leading point scorer on defense you throw a mike Smith, who should be a Vesna candidate, has been lights out, you know, having the best career of his year. And, and, you know, I say all this, just put this into context if this was the Lakers and LeBron in AD. Put this into context uh, if this was Tom Brady. You, you just, you, you don't, you don't bet against these guys. You know, you know they're going to win championships. Uh, they're killer. And, and you know, I know you play the games and nothing's a lock, but, but I hear a lot of people, you know, discount the Edmonton Oilers, and I don't hear them in a lot of people's finals. And, and honestly, I think they're such a, a, such a heavy cup favorite this year. And like I said, I do have the EOD, so uh, you guys are all knowing. I'm not even calling this game in order on my sheet here. I'm so excited. And the Jets, you know, to, to counter balance everything I'm saying and if the Jets get in another thing I just got to get one more thing in is the Jets have run into any uh, penalty trouble tonight you know it's going to be big big trouble uh, and for the Jets what they have going for them is is they've got some great players they've got a great uh, couple of their top two lines are really good, uh, and they've got some NHL defensemen that I really like. Pionk, to me, is your prototypical um, 
He's your prototypical playoff type defenseman. Uh, and, and I think back to guys like, uh, I was a big fan of Kasparitis uh, back in the day, if you guys are old enough to remember. It used to be these great Patrick division playoffs between the Islanders and, and the Penguins. And he would just be a thorn in the side of Mario Lemieux. And I could see Pionk doing that kind of thing to, to, to McDavid today. <laughs> just, uh, he just, he's just, he's just one of those guys. He's a, he's a fly in the ointment type defenseman. And uh, he's a guy I definitely uh, don't like as far as being an Oilers fan. You know, he gets on definitely gets on my nerves, I guess you could say. Uh, and then there's Connor Hellebeck, Hellebuck, Hellebeck, Hellebuck, Hellebeck, uh, Helly in net for the Jets. And you know, he's a Vesna contender every every year in year in and year out. Uh, and he got hot at the right time. The Jets. Did, just got him going just as they entered the playoffs here. And he's the type of goalie that could knock any team out of the playoffs. But uh, today, like I said, I just think it's too much. I just think it's too much firepower uh, no matter what you're doing. Uh, you just you've got you just got too much coming at you. You got Wayne Gretzky coming at you and, and Connor McDavid type player. You've got your Messier or your Ron Francis and Drysaddle. You just you've you've got your Chris Pronger in 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 Nurse, and then you add in the toughness too that this Oilers team brings uh, in Cassian and Kara and Archibald, and even like a guy like Neil. Uh, there, there's some grit on this Oilers team. I know they're not gonna see a lot of minutes some of those guys so uh, I don't think Edmonton will win win the battle here for uh, for for the hits or anything like that but when they need to and the nice thing too about Cassian is he's such a versatile guy you know for being a big fearsome uh, you know almost borderline you know if you had an enforcer type guy still left in the NHL I think you'd look at a Cassian and he skates so well you can put him up with McDavid if things get chippy and he can play big brother up there and I don't think you're going to lose too much with McDavid so uh, yeah I just think the Edmonton Oilers are in a really good spot I, I like everything about it uh, I like their defense that they're getting guys back on the defensive end right now they're missing Russell who might be their their biggest loss as far as who's injured for this game but uh, uh, there's lots of young guys on this team and I love when these young guys get opportunities in playoffs uh, watch out you know that's how legends are made and how uh, great careers are started so we'll see what happens today as far as that goes but yeah I'm, I'm on I'm on cloud nine with the Edmonton Oilers today and I'm, I'm certainly taking them today uh, if anyone wants to play along we are on sports interaction so uh, I'm taking the Oilers today, and I'm taking them on the money line here at 157. We've got the Capitals in to see the Bruins, and, you know, this has been a really good series so far. And uh, I'm looking forward to renewing and watching them go about it and getting it renewed here. The Bruins will be at home for this game, so they, they will get a chance here to... Uh, I, I think I, I just think this is going to be a great game, uh, and I'm not too sure what's going to happen. Uh, looking at Alex Ovechkin and Tom Wilson in this one, and they're just to have those type of players to be able to contribute offensively and physically. Uh, you know, it's almost like the big bad Capitals as far as this series goes, as opposed to the Bruins. But uh, you know, they have the perfection line. They have they have Taylor Hall, and, and I think for me, what this comes down to, it just comes down to. The goaltending situation. Craig Anderson is <laughs> by nowhere near was he ever intended to be the the goalie in this series. And to his credit, he's been pretty good so far. But I got to give the nod to Tuka Rask and, and the Bruins in this one. As far as that goes, I think I think they're going to have a hard time. 
getting onto the uh, the scoreboard today as far as Tuka Rask goes. I just uh, I, I think he's one of the best goalies in the league. We talk about the guy in Winnipeg, and this guy is even better. Uh, you know, I'd put him up with, with the guy in Tampa as probably being the top two goalies in the league right now until somebody proves them wrong. So, like I said, I, I think the goaltending situation today uh, comes down to it. Boston's at home. So, you know, Craig Anderson also loses that aspect of having the friendly confines of his home, home arena. So, looking for the Bruins. I had the Bruins to win this series anyway. And uh, we'll see. I think Washington will probably get another game. I'm just not too sure if it's the opener here, uh, here in Boston. So, getting on the Bruins today. And, and, you know, you could look at the puck line. I think this will be, could be a close game, but I, I just, a little uncertain with Anderson. We'll see if he can keep it up. Uh, but, you know, there's a reason they've got him third down the line on, on their roster. So, I, I'm taking the Bruins. And I'm going to go money lining them at 157 is what Sports Interaction is giving on that one. Next game we got, we've got the, the Predators and the Hurricanes. And, <clears throat> excuse me, this... Uh, this Predators team, to me, is just, they're in huge, huge trouble. Uh, I, I, I just don't see any a path forward with them. Well, I do see a path forward with them. I just don't see them taking it. Uh, looking at the last game, and there's just, the only way to me that this this Predators team is going to win is they're going to do have to have a complete defensive effort. They're going to have to get elite goaltending and they're going to have to beat the snot out of the Carolina Hurricanes and you look at the last game and Carolina out hit them 56 to 49 outshot them 38 to 24 hey I can live with them being outshot because like I said the, the 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 Hurricanes are loaded with first round draft picks and game breakers and they've got all They've got all the offensive advantage as far as playmakers and skilled guys go, but Nashville's got to have got to have the bodies in this one, uh, and and so far they haven't, and they've got to have the goaltending edge in this one, and so far they haven't, and although Saros has had a, a pretty good year, you know I'm not, you know I don't see any reason to to believe in him that he's going to carry the load and be able to win a series here uh, for this Predators team, so. Uh, like I said, I do see a path forward with with this uh, with this Predators team, and, and that involves a goalie standing on his head. So uh, I, I'm not too sure if it's going to be Saros. I don't think it is. So I, I think he gets the start today. So watch your goaltending. But I think the best case scenario here uh, of hope, if you're a Predators fan, is, is that Saros gets blown up today, and uh, they they come back with Rene, who's a guy who we know all about. He may have. Uh, he may have not had the greatest year, but you know the, the playoffs are on time. Like I said, where everything kind of starts fresh again, and that's a guy I want in there. You know, that's that's an all-star goalie. That's a guy we've seen win series before. So, uh, like we see Craig Anderson, if he can get it done for the Caps in, in some capacity, why not Rene? Uh, why not see if he can recapture some of what he can do? Because, uh, like I said, I just don't see Saros and company getting this thing done. And, and I think something dramatic is going to have to be done too. So sometimes you change out the goalie and who knows maybe that's best left done after this game we'll see but uh, uh definitely on the hurricanes in this one and we're on the home team again and you know it's kind of daunting to be on all, all the home teams because i can already tell i'm on the home team for the next one as well but taking the canes in this one uh, on the money line 
at 151 and it is lopsided as I think or as hopeless as the cause it is for the Predators like how about those St. Louis Blues against the Avalanche like that is hopeless uh, I, I can't tell you a good reason to, to bet on these Blues Perron is out and to me he's probably their best scorer uh, you could argue anyway, with maybe the exception of uh, Tarasenko, who hasn't really done much since he's been back. So uh, I just don't see it. I, you know, I talk about the Oilers, and I can almost give the same speech for the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, it's almost the same thing, just just a little lighter. You know, instead of McDavid, you, you get you get McKinnon. Instead of Drysaddle, you get Langdeskog. Uh So yeah, just some of the instead of Nurse, you, you, instead of Barry, you get Maker. Uh, but, yeah, it just they're loaded, this Avalanche team, and I just don't see how the Blues can stop can stop them. Uh, the Avalanche are at home in this one. Bennington, you know, he, he's got to be the guy, right? And he hasn't been the guy really all year, and, and even last game, he still gets, he has a save percentage of 939, gets 46 saves, and, and and on 49 shots and still takes the loss, still gives up three goals. And I just see more of the same today, even if he is great. He's got to, he's going to get 50 pucks today. And we have seen some crazy stuff in the playoffs. Like, it's not like it doesn't happen, but uh, uh, I just think it's unlikely in this one. So it's funny because these are all playoff games, and we haven't really played uh, on the puck line at all on any of these, and, and these games tend to be close. So just to, as a, if you wanted to play alternate lines, you know, definitely look at these puck lines. Looking at uh, yesterday's play, if you would have played the puck lines, well, you've only would have hit one yesterday on the puck line, which is uh, which is surprising. I think the time before the, the first day in the uh, playoffs, they all went in on the puck line. So uh, typically these games are close. So you could look at some puck line odds today. Always a good call, but uh, I, I'm going to go with the avalanche here. And uh, if anything, I'd almost look at puck lining them minus a goal and a half. But... Uh, but yeah, I'm just I'm gonna wimp out my my bankroll. Like I said, despite uh, being pretty solid on the picks yesterday, my enthusiasm for the association cost me. So I'm a little bit on the road road to recovery today. So gonna take the Avs and a little bit of a conservative play at 130. And we'll move on to that pesky NBA. Like I said, where I went 0 for 2 yesterday and. Today, uh, it's, it's going to be a tough one again, and today I'm not going to make no bones about it. I'm, I always say wager to entertain, and there's some serious entertainment for me today on the NBA side as far as, far as wagering goes. But we'll start off with, uh, well, let's see what we're starting off with here as far as what we've got listed up. And we're starting with the Spurs at the Grizzlies, and I've been thinking lots about this game, and I just don't know what to make of it, to be honest. Uh, I, I know the Spurs are coming into this one super cold the Grizzlies finished out the season strong I know the Grizzlies are, are a much deeper team I think you know you look down their lineup I just think they've got a lot of different players that they can throw at this Spurs team and I think we're going to see a lot of pick and rolls today I don't think we're going to see a lot of three-pointers uh, in, in this game. You know, these are two teams that take a lot of mid-range shots. Uh, like I said, I think the, there's going to be a lot of pick-and-roll happening. And we'll see what happens. You know, the, the Spurs, just looking at this game, I, I thought it was. Yeah, Memphis beat the Spurs 133-102. to And it was a two-game set they played back then. And, and the, the Grizzlies got them both. And at the time, Aldridge was the center for the Spurs. Now he's gone, they've gone to 
Portal, Portal, Jacob, Jacob Portal, Portal, Jacob Portal. Let's go with Portal. And I should know this because he was a Raptor. And it's kind of funny in this game because the 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 center for the Spurs was drafted while Valanchunas was a center on the Raptors roster. So it's it's kind of funny that he's playing his replacement today, and neither one of them play for the Raptors anymore. And uh, yeah, and I I like I like both these players actually. I like both these players. And the reason I bring up the whole Aldridge angle is I think I think Pottle is is a little more athletic uh, to the rim. So I, I think he'll be able to help a little more on those pick and rolls. And I think depth, like I said, I think I've got to give a major nod to the Grizzlies as far as depth going down their lineup today. But this is a one-game showdown, so uh, and and they both come in pretty rested. So I'm not too sure how much depth is going to play a factor in this one because really, how deep do you want to go in a win-all game? So I, I see the Spurs being able to. Uh, I think they're going to max out the minutes on their guys today for sure. Which I think will uh, will help kind of negate some of that depth of of the Grizzlies today, and I think this is all on. I think Demar Rosen is the best player in the game, so I like that. Uh, and, and you know he's been distributing the ball really well, so we'll we'll see what happens. It's really on his 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 on his teammates. Uh, guys like Carrion Johnson, who's been good this year for a rookie. We'll see what he can get done today as far as. Uh, you know, getting his consistency going. Like, he hasn't been... They've just been having consistency problems uh, for the Spurs team is the best way I would describe it. And like I said, they're coming in really cold. Uh, they had a really brutal... That's another thing, too, though, that kind of makes this kind of a, a sneaky play today is they had a pretty brutal schedule going down. And, you know, I do like Walker. I do like DeMonte Murray. I do like Vassal. I do like, you know, Gay can have his, can have his moments out there on the floor. So... We'll we'll see what they can put together. Like it's a one it's a one game showdown. I think it's going to be a close game. And and so far too, when we look at this, well, I guess we only have one day of it. But we saw we saw in the NBA like the last day of the NBA, we saw some really weird stuff go down in games we thought would be close weren't. And you know who's who's those who's doing what in the NBA. But uh, yesterday we see again, you know, two of these other exact same play in their uh, tournament style games and neither one of them were particularly competitive so uh, I think today like these are supposed to be close games are they not so uh, I'm going to get on the Spurs I've got enough reasons to think that they are competitive in this game and they could be a sneaky play so I'm going to get on the Spurs and I'm going to take the plus four on them next game here is the Warriors and the Lakers in the game I'm really looking forward to and uh We'll see as far as the timing goes. That one's on at 8 o'clock my local time. And the Oilers are on at 7 o'clock my local time. So I might see the end of this or keep it on a secondary screen or something like that because uh, this is going to be a great showdown. And uh, like I said, I, I believe in wagering to entertain. And here's going to be a, a, a prime example of that. There is no way I'm putting any money on the Lakers to be successful in this game. Not happening. And, and you know, it's funny. I talk about McDavid and I talk about about Tom Brady being able to elevate and carry their game. I am a little worried about LeBron in this one. I've been watching quite a bit of the Lakers. And, and you know, they haven't really put together any successful stretch together, him and AD. Uh, their health has been a serious concern. And we've seen a lot of this now. You know, we've seen like in Tampa Bay, all of a sudden they come out and... and uh, 
and you know Kucherov and Stamkos are awesome <laughs> they're just like ready to rock and roll so maybe the uh maybe the Lakers been playing some rope-a-dope here down down with their stars but the problem is if you were to come up with an argument about who's a bigger star or who's the biggest star in the NBA as opposed to LeBron James, uh, the, the counter-argument is probably Steph Curry. So they get Steph Curry today, and Steph Curry, you know, he operates in a very dangerous way. This, the, the, I think this Golden State team is a very dangerous team, uh, you know, aside from you wanting to see LeBron lose. Uh, I, I just think that the way they play uh, with, with Curry... And with Wiggins, you know, they're, they're an outside shooting team, obviously, on the three-pointers. You come into this one, and, and you, come, you look at the three-point stats, and in three-point field goals, Lakers are 25th, Warriors are third. In percentage, Lakers are 21st, Warriors are ninth. So I, it's going to be tough, you know, if... if if the Warriors can make the Lakers pay from three, that's going to make the Lakers start shooting threes. And this Lakers team, you know, to me, they're more of a better mid-range scoring team, you know, with their big bodies of LeBron and, and AD. And it'll be interesting to see if they can keep up because if anyone's going to bury you in efficiency on threes, it's going to be Steph Curry. And, yeah, so I, I like the Warriors in this one. I'm going to take the Warriors. I get points. Why not? We get points. We get to go against LeBron. It's all the things I love. It's the last game of the night. So uh, I'm going to get on the Warriors on this one and, uh, you know, do some cheering. Do some cheering in this one. Their plus five is what you get on this one, and it's standard fare of 191 as far as that goes and the spurs i don't know if i mentioned it going back to the spurs it is not a standard fare you get a little bit of a bonus as far as that goes the spurs were 196 uh up on the point spread today on sports interaction so a little little extra bonus if you want to show damar some some love on on the betting card over to i guess that leaves us over an mlb and like i said it was a pretty good day in mlb yesterday so today we'll see what we can come up and muster. And I know there's some good games on the schedule. So I was looking at some of this stuff this morning. And we start with an interesting one. I don't know if you guys have been following what's been going on with the White Sox and the Twins. But basically it's a blowout game. And, uh, oh, what's the guy's name? I want to say it's uh, Mercada. Not Mercada. Uh, Yemen, Yerman, Yerman, Yerman something. Oh, let me just bring up his name here. He's been hitting the, I call him the meatball. That's why I can't get the guy's name. Uh, I play fantasy baseball, so I've named him the meatball, and that's kind of his name in my mind. So let me just get his actual name, and you can imagine what his physique looks like. And I'm not getting on him. You know, I'm a meatballer myself, but I, I don't play MLB either, so... Uh, I just think it's a lot more noticeable in his uh, his surroundings, but Yerman uh, uh, Yerman Mercedes, and and this is an interesting thing here with him. He goes out, and uh, and I have a kind of a different take on this. If you guys have been following this, but uh, it, basically the game is a blowout. He's he's on there, and he he's got a three zero count, and the pitcher is a positional player at the end of the game, and the score is like fifteen to four or something like that. The manager for the White Sox is, is old schooler Tony La Russa, and it doesn't even matter who the manager is. He gives the no hit sign, the take, the take the pitch sign. Now, whether Mercedes saw it or not, maybe he didn't see it, or maybe he, and that's one thing. And to me, that's that's almost as you know, that's that's just bad baseball, right? You got to be watching for signs from the dugout, or he did see it and ignored it. 
and, and, and that's a problem too. Larusa comes out and apologizes to the to the twins. Mercedes comes out and says, I am who I am, that's what I do. Tim Anderson comes out and supports of, of Mercedes. And, and we'll see what's happening. You know, I, I, we've got kind of an old school manager here in Larusa who I really like. Uh, I, I think he has a point. You know, besides all the, you know, the hoobarb about you know whether it's respectable to hit a home run or not. Let's not let's not overlook the fact that this kid didn't ignore a sign from his manager, whatever the reason to be. I don't think it's unreasonable uh, for for the manager to call for you to take a pitch uh, on a. Uh, when you, when you got three balls. So uh, I, I think that we'll see what happens there. And, and uh, like I said, Larusa, I just think it's kind of neat what he's doing there. You know, they've been winning a lot. And, you know, I, I know there's a lot of people say, well, his, his attitude just doesn't work anymore. But you know it does work. And, and, and you know, a lot of people, it doesn't fit in with a lot of what people think is acceptable. But if you can get these teams to buy into their own culture and that's what he's doing like if you want to basically if you're a manager of a team or a coach or whatever you're trying to create a cult is basically what you're doing you're creating a cult around the values of whatever you're instilling and if you can create that cult like environment you create you know people committing to each other and to their cause right so it's great for for the team and it's great for winning so uh, we'll see what Larusa can get done. Like I said, his players kind of don't really come out in support of him as far as uh, uh, saying that they're going to adhere to or or saying you know sorry sorry coach something like that. Uh, you know as far as the meatball goes, you know he he's a rookie. He's 28 years old and and really he's a professional hitter. He he doesn't have the physique to to be able to to play anywhere in the field. And and you know the thing about those meatballers, sure he's 28 years old, but I believe in athletes. And uh, we'll, we'll see what kind of bat he has when he's a meatball and he's 32 years old. And at 28 years old, that's not too far away. So I don't know how badly you want to get on the side uh, of, your, of your manager in this one. And, and, you know, the other thing I think about, too, is, is maybe this is motivation. Maybe this is motivation uh, in La Russa. You know, I like to talk about Aaron Rodgers and his super, you know, he just had the ultimate uh, mad at, at the coach type year, chip on his shoulder, and I'll show you how good I am. So maybe there's some of that that goes now on into the White Sox. So, you know, Tony La Russa doesn't need to be, to be loved by his team. Uh, he just needs to be successful, and, and if that means that he can galvanize, uh, even you know, you can show the coach how good you are. You know, I'm sure the I'm sure the manager is all for that. So, uh, interesting dynamic there. Pitching matchup today is Giolito against the uh, against Shoemaker, and. I just got to go with Giolito here on this one. And it's not that he's coming in here. He's pitching that much better than Shoemaker. Uh, he, he's not, but uh, I do think he has more upside to, to get more solid. You know, Shoemaker is what he is. He's a veteran that's going to come in, uh, and, and he's going to try to tactician his way through as many innings as he can. And Giolito's more of a cerebral player. He's going to come in and, and try to use his stuff and try to physically dominate his way to a win here today. So we'll see how that plays. Like I said, neither player has really been on to a, a great start as far as the year goes. Giolito 2-4 and four on the year. Matt Shoemaker 2-4 and four as well. Both have ERAs that are higher than I'm sure their teams would like. Like I said, we all know about Giolito. He's got 50 strikeouts and 18 base on balls. So, you know, those are borderline pretty getting, you know, those those are high end as far as league numbers go to his 41 and two thirds innings. So there, there is some domination in his game and we'll see if he can get that out today. And like I said, I kind of, I kind of like a little bit that maybe the players are a little mad at La Russa today and they need to show the manager that they know what's best. So, 
uh, I think the veteran manager here might be a little wily in this one. So uh, as far as getting the best out of his players, so let's go with the White Sox. Why not? We we were on the uh, the the Twins yesterday, and they came through for us, and and on the uh, on the run line. But today I just can't do it. Going to get on the White Sox, and this could be a one run game. It, we'll see. You know, I guess uh, I guess that would be Giolito not coming through, and 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 then who knows what happens at that point. But uh, we'll go with the White Sox on the money line at 180. Moving into the next game, we had Tampa at Baltimore yesterday. We had that one called right, and today we get Yarborough uh, for the Rays going against Means for the Orioles. And, you know, I, I've got to give credit to Means on this one. He, he's a guy I really didn't know much about this year, and I, I've gone against him a few times, and I think he's always made... I don't think I've, I've, I've wagered on him yet this year, so... Uh, and the Orioles do have some stuff going on. You know, they've got Cedric Mullins, who's, who's having a pretty good year. You know, they're talking all-star as far as he goes, uh, along with Means. And they get a guy in Ryan Yorborough who's fairly consistent for the Rays. You know, he's a guy that uh, can, can be their long reliever or put in put in a spot in the rotation and I think for the most part this year he's been pitching in the rotation you look back at his last uh, I don't know go back five games he's only put in one quality start and in that quality start it was against the Astros he gave up a bunch of runs and hits so we're in a tough spot today as far as the pitching goes I think you've got to give uh, the matchup here to the Orioles as far as the bats go you know I think you got to give the matchup to to the to the Rays in this one as far as batting goes but just looking at it here you know it's not that far off I think it's a slight edge so maybe maybe the pitcher today is the uh is kind of the equalizer that in means and like I said I just haven't seen a lot of a lot of means uh, I seen his numbers last year and they weren't overly dominating and you look at you look at his age at 28 so it's not really an age where I don't know it's it's a little late a little late of a bloomer anyway for me to be completely sold on this guy's like an elite pitcher just quite yet his numbers are great at 52 innings pitch 53 strikeouts 10 base on balls and I'll definitely give him the nod as being the better pitcher in this game and uh, maybe I'll see if I can peek in on this one tonight and actually get a look at this guy so I can have a little more insight as far as uh, his games going forward but for now I think what I've got to do is I've got to get on the O's and I'm going to take them on the money line at home at 184. And yeah, that, that one kind of scares me, but you know, this is an AL East battle too, so it, uh, it should be a close game. Red Sox in to see the Blue Jays, and the Blue Jays blew up the Red Sox yesterday. And like I said, I actually didn't see it. I was busy watching the NBA yesterday. I thought I would enjoy some of that before I got too tied up with other things. So uh, Blue Jays got ignored as well. So I didn't quite actually see what went on yesterday, but uh, I do know all about the Blue Jays, and I know all about the the uh, the. Uh, the Red Sox too, just because I do watch this division all the time. So, and, and it's always back and forth. You know, these are these are rivals and long-term rivals. Uh, Red Sox are first in in the AL East. The Blue Jays are second. Uh, Ryu was on the mound yesterday, and he goes seven innings, and he does get the edge as far as the pitching matchup goes yesterday. So, he outlasts Rodriguez, who only goes five innings in that one. Today the pitching matchup is uh, a little more ominous as far as the Blue Jays go. I can't say I give them the edge today. Uh, they have Stripling going on the mound for them against Richards for the Red Sox. So I think the pitching matchup here today is a little less, uh, I don't know, a little less of a, a, of a 
advantage to the Jays today. Stripling is 0-2, uh, 21 in a thirds innings, 26 strikeout, 8 base on balls. So that's pretty good besides the 0-2 record and the ERA. The numbers are encouraging there. Uh, Richards 3-2, 41 and 2 thirds innings pitch, 38 strikeouts, 18 base on balls. So it's, uh, I just think the, I just can't give the nod to either pitcher here today. But uh, I, I got to give the nod to the Blue Jays' bats again. I just think that they're rolling. I think the Blue Jays are the first team in the AL East, uh, first place team in the AL East. I think today they uh, they get one step closer to that and show the Red Sox that they are indeed the first place team in the league. And I just don't see the bats being able to keep up in a in a game where I think that maybe both teams get their their chances to to hit the pinata pretty good. But looking at the uh, uh, just looking at the the offense here, and you know it's funny. The Red Sox statistically have a better offense than the Blue Jays. Uh, they're they're slightly higher in average, slightly higher on on base percentage, slightly higher in slugging percentage. But uh, like I said, you just you see enough of these these games, and this is going to be all about the big inning and then the home runs because that's what AL games are all about. And I'm going to go with the home run hitters. Of the Blue Jays, and uh, I just think that when you look at these lineups, you take away the stats, and you look at these lineups, and you really pile them up against one another. Uh, and don't get me wrong, I think there are some great bats on this uh, on this Red Sox team, but I think they've been overachieving at least a little bit in my mind. I think Martinez has been a little better uh, than I thought he was going to be this year, so uh, he, he's been off to an amazing start, so we'll see if he can keep that up. But uh, I'm getting on the Blue Jays today, and I am a Blue Jays fan, so keep that in mind. Uh, I'm taking the 179 on the money line. Next game up, we've got the Yankees in to see the, the Rangers. And I'm kind of intrigued by this pitching matchup today uh, for Texas. They've got this guy named Yang on the mound. And really, I had him on my fantasy team, and I just dropped him because I wasn't too sure what their plans are with him. And now I see today he might be the starter. So uh, this actually wasn't on the on my game list before I started this podcast today. So this is information I'm just getting. But yeah, Yang is a guy who interests me a lot. Uh, he was on he was on my fantasy team as of recently, and I just dropped him because, like I said, I wasn't too sure what their plans are. But uh, he comes out, and he has... He gets a start against the Twins, and he goes three and a third innings pitch, gives up four hits, and he got eight strikeouts in that one. So I was like, oh, man, I got to jump on this guy. And then he goes out, and he plays... Houston, the Astros, and I don't think he even got the start in that one. Let me just take a look here. He uh, he plays the Astros and comes in in relief. So he comes in in relief, and in that, it's drastically different. He gets three hits, three runs, uh, and gave up a home run and got no strikeouts. So he goes from getting like eight strikeouts in three innings to getting no strikeouts in four innings. So kind of an enigma. I'm not too sure what we got in him yet. We've got Kluber. It looks like he's going for the Yankees. And, uh, you know, he, he's not a pitcher that I'm overly intimidated about as far as uh, Yankees pitchers go. Uh, he's been off to a, let's see what kind of year he's been having. But I think it could be a little better from Corey Kluber's perspective. The 35-year-old Guy is six innings pitched in his last one, seven hits, he earned runs of four, earned run of two. So he's been actually not bad. He, he shut out the Tigers uh, three games ago. And then before that, you know, he, he's just been giving up. He's got earned runs of four, two, one, two, three, three. So he's been all right, I guess. He's been in there. His last game against, uh, against Baltimore was probably 
his worst one out in a while, and he still went six innings. So maybe that was a big inning late or something like that where he gave up the earned run. So we'll see today. He goes, like I said, up against the pitcher. I'm kind of interested to see what's going to happen today in Yang. I'm not. I'm just. I just don't know. I think he, it's his first year over. He is a, a Korean leaguer, I think, and uh, and I think he was an All Star in the K KBO. So we'll see what happens today. But I, I'm going to take. I got to go with the Yankees today, and I hate going for the Yankees. So uh, I got to go with the Yankees. I'm going to take them on the money line. At 156, I just can't get on the uncertainty. I, I think these teams bat. In fact, I think the Rangers are a better batting team than the Yankees team, but uh, at least in their current uh, uh, health situation. So uh, I, I got to go with Kluber here. Was, um, you probably won't hear me say that many times this year. And like I said, this Yang guy, watch him today. Some some intriguing numbers anyway, to, to say to say the least so far with him. And we'll see what kind of effort we get. But you might want to get him up on your watch list. I know he's up on mine. Indians in to see the Angels, and I think here, this is a really tough game for the Angels. We see Trout, you know, he hurt his, I think it was a hamstring or something like that, so he's gone, I think, four to eight weeks, they were saying, for him, so huge loss to this Angels team. Of course, the whole Pujols thing, uh, he's gone, and then tonight on the mound, we've got Otani going against Savelli, and usually I love Otani at home. I, I think it's, uh, I think he brings an electricity uh, to the Angels, but I think the Angels are in a bad spot here today uh, for electricity. You know, can that overcome the loss of their all-star and Mike Trout? And then you look too, this is a, it's a home game for the Angels, so Otani, whose bat is very important to this Angels team, they lose his bat today, so it's pretty much Rendon and... Oh, who's that other guy? I really like the other guy. Uh, they've got a young guy in there. Let me just bring up his Walsh. Walsh uh, for for the Angels. So they're pretty much down to two of their, uh, I don't know, three or four, two of their four high-end batters in my mind. So we'll see if they can get it done against Savelli, who's been really good this year coming into this one. So I think it's a... I think this is an opportunistic spot for the Indians here today uh, going against these guys. You know, the Indians are 5-5 five and five on the year, and I think they're just about to wrap up a, a six-game. They've been on the road for the last week anyway, so I think they go home after today. So this is the last game before they get home. And like I said, I just don't know about the, the vibe in the Angels' room right now. How does that affect you when Trout's gone? And then how does it affect the gameplay when now you've taken Trout and Otani, two of your top four bats, out of this game? Uh, i got like it for Cleveland. Like I said, they come in here and Savelli's having a great year. He's 5-1 and one on the year. 53 innings pitched, 39 strikeouts, 15 base on balls. And Otani, like you said, he's got electric numbers too, but no innings, so he's not getting it done as far as getting W's for this team. He's only got one decision on the year, 1-0, 25 and two-thirds innings pitched, and, and the 40 strikeouts he's got, he, he for every Every two strikeouts he gets, he gets one base on ball, so that's not great either. And uh, like I said, I don't know if the electricity of Otani, uh, given the state current state of the lineup, is going to be enough electricity to power uh, the Angels in this one. So uh, I'm going to take the Indians on the run line. You get runs, too, on top of that. So give me Savelli and give me a, a run and a half on top of him. And you get 153 for that. Houston in to see Oakland, and like I said, this is a, a great series. This is an awesome series, and uh, I, I think that carries on today. We've got a really good pitching matchup here in, in the Hall of Famer, uh, Zach Greinke, the, the the tricky, sneaky Zach Greinke against, uh, against Montes, who's also having a good year. And for this A's 
rotation. <laughs> really, uh, they seem to just have a lot. There's not a lot of great pitchers on, on Oakland, but they seem to be all good pitchers anyway. And uh, that happens again today with Frankie Montes, 5-2 and two on the year. Uh, Montez has 42 innings pitched, 39 strikeouts, 11 base on balls. Zach Greinke, 51 and two-thirds, 40 strikeouts, 11 base on balls. So uh, I, I think we've got a, a, you know, a pretty even matchup here. Maybe a little more power for Oakland as opposed to, like I said, uh, uh, to, to trickiness out of Granky, but Granky just he, he's just a guy you can't discount no matter how hard he's throwing the ball he's, he's just one of those guys that gets it done so this is going to be a close game today and what I'm going to do in a close game is uh, I'm going to get on the run line so that, that's what I'm going to do today and today the run line yesterday it was on the, the Astros today we get it at home so we get runs at home how awesome is that we get runs at home uh, for the first place team in the AL West. So what else do you want out of life? You get Montes on the mound against Granky, who is beatable. He's three and one, and, and I like Granky. I think he'll I think he'll do okay today, but uh, I think he could go five, six, seven innings, and then who knows what's going to happen. I think Oakland's got lots of bats, and I think Montes can mount, match him pitch for pitch today. So I'm going to get on the A's. I'm going to get on the A's. I'm liking this pick today. I like being at home, and I like getting runs at home. So A's, run line. Plus 1.5, gotta love that. And you get 158 for that one. What to do about these Mariners? Uh, another tough one today, and, and I've gotta get on the Mariners again, so hopefully they, 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 they help me out here soon. Uh, today, like they're coming off the no-hitter uh, yesterday. Today, the, the Tigers come out on the mound with Tarek Scooball. He's 0-6. 33 innings pitched, an ERA of 5.73, 31 strikeouts, 17 base on balls. Going against Logan Gilbert, who's there, uh, he came up with Kalenic, and he's one of their higher-end prospects, and he comes into this one. He's 0-1, four innings pitched, an ERA of 9, but he did get five strikeouts, zero base on balls. So uh, things aren't going well for the Mariners, so I do like that they're trying to change it up a bit, and, and we'll see what Gilbert can get done here today. And, and normally I wouldn't like Gilbert in this one because I would say that you know he hasn't been getting it done, but the guy on the other side is playing for an even worse team that's even more not getting it done. So... Uh, uh, that, that line of thought didn't really pay off yesterday <laughs> as far as, like I said, the Tigers get the no-no behind, uh, uh, I can't even remember who got it now. My head is spinning. But, yeah, they get the no-no yesterday. And how about those no-nos? You know, how many more of those are we going to see in the league this year? Uh, Spencer Turnbull, sorry, as far as that. And how many of them are, <coughs> excuse me, how many more of them are going to be against the Seattle Mariners? So, uh, but, yeah, I, I got to get on Seattle tonight. Kind of a shaky one, but. Uh, I just, I got to do it. So getting on the M's here, going to take them on the money line at 164. That is the last game on the AL side. So I think we're getting a little short for time here, so I might have to hurry us along a little bit here. We've got Colorado in to see San Diego. And, you know, I kind of like, I kind of like this game a little bit for, for the Colorado, uh, but I, I think they have even bats in this one with San Diego. They've got so many bats out, and I, I think the pitching matchup here is pretty even in Gonzalez versus Musgrove, but, you know, Musgrove has just shown us so much more. He's been a little more consistent this year. He is at home, so I do think this is a tough spot here. I think this could be a, a really competitive game. I think the two plays on this one are either the Padres on the money line at 135, or the Rockies on the run line, you get a run and a half and you get 205. So I think this could be a low-scoring game. And I do think that Colorado with the injuries and stuff actually do have a batting advantage in this one. So I'm actually going to get on the Rockies and get on a pretty juicy run line here. 
run line plus 1.5 and it's a 201 so it's a double your money run line so you got to like that uh, and I certainly do and and Musgrove we'll see like I said he's been pretty good but Gonzalez doesn't have nearly the uh, the, the supporting numbers as far as volume goes but he's been pretty decent then you know what I like cheering for Chi Chi so we're gonna do that tonight uh, Cincinnati I'm on Cincinnati I keep being on Cincinnati I can't get off Cincinnati we've got Miley who had a recently no hitter and then gets killed in his next outing out well he's at home in this one so I think he's in the friendly confines I do think that this Reds team is a better hitting team than the San Francisco team so uh, I'm going to carry on with that logic they, they do get Gossman in today who's been lights out for them but I, I think this could be a close game you know I, I think he might be able to keep the score down on this Reds team and I think Miley you know probably does okay at home today and I, I'm going to take the guy who, who's you know the Reds have been on a little bit of a cold streak here the bats have been rolling I'm going to take the guy who recently through a no-hitter who's at home and I'm going to grab a couple lines uh, on top of all those bats for, for the Reds here so uh, give me the Reds and give me the run line at 160 Miami in to see the, 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 the Phillies in this one and we've got a great pitching matchup in Rogers versus Eflin I think it's very competitive in this one and you know what? I'm just going to get on this one as being a close game again I'm going to run to the run line on this one on the Marlins I think this could be a one run game We'll, we'll see what happens, but you know the the catcher is out today for the Phillies, and I think that does upset the situation a little bit for the Phillies, and, and we'll see how that goes. But I think this is a close game, and Rogers has been really hot, so I'm going to take him, Marlins, and I'm going to grab a run and a half on the run line, 152. Atlanta in to see, or sorry, the Mets are in to see Atlanta. Peterson's on the mound, and, and Morton. So both these pitchers have been to me, they're just train wrecks. But uh, I just can't see Atlanta. Their bats have been too quiet. Uh, I don't see they're getting swept at home by the Mets in this one. So I'm getting on Atlanta and getting on Morton to be able to try to reclaim his year a bit. And Peterson, I don't think he ever had a year to reclaim. I'm just not a fan of the guy at all. So uh, I, I'm going to get on the Braves and the Bats and say that they can get it turned around today. Uh, 153 on the money line on that. We've got Chicago in to see, or sorry, the Nats in to see Chicago. And you know, we haven't really seen Soto. I keep saying he's going to pull this team around and make a big contribution. Haven't seen that yet. To date, we've got Scherzer versus Arietta, and you know I like the pitching matchup here. I'm not usually too big on Arietta, but he is at home for the Cubs today, and I think he's comfortable at home. And, and you know what, the Cubs have got to give him credit; they've just been hitting better. Uh, the Cubbies are at home in this one; they get runs at home, so I'm taking the Cubs at home, uh, getting one and a half in what I think could be a close divisional NL game. So give me the Cubs on the run line plus 1.5. Pittsburgh in to see St. Louis, and this is one of those games I just don't see any reason to get on Pittsburgh. It's one versus five. Flaherty is 7-0 on the year. I think Cahill is 1-4. Uh, like I said, this one just it seems like a no-brainer. So getting on the cards, they don't pay very well at home. But like I said, it's a pretty easy call, I think, at 142 for the cards. And we'll see if there's any interleague here. There is some interleague. We're down to two minutes, so I don't know if you guys have been noticing. We're going a little faster. That's why. And I love this matchup today for the Royals. We had the Royals yesterday, and I'm on them again today. Uh, I like Brad Keller. I think he's got some upside to his game. I think he's been playing pretty decent this year. Bernie's from Milwaukee has been absolutely lights out for them. So I think we could see a pitcher's matchup here today. But I do like the Royals' bats a little bit better. I don't think the Brewers hit very well. And you get the Royals at home, and you get to tag on a couple runs. So I love getting runs at home so give me the Royals on the run line and give me the run and a half 
And yeah, that, that should, like I said, it's going to be an exciting day. Lots to watch in the NBA, lots to watch in the NHL. You know when the Oilers are playing what I'm doing. And, and you know, get on those Oilers. Don't be crazy, guys. I, I know I've got the EOD, but uh, uh, it is our year, so just heads up on that. And I, I hope I hope what I said clicked sense because uh, I really want it to be true. So <laughs> thanks for joining me here on the One Man Sports Show. I would love to uh, get follows from you guys. Uh, I, I do have uh, uh, an account up on Twitter under the One Man Sports Show, or you can follow me personally. It's Crocker Brock, and that's Crocker, uh, just like in Betty and Brock, just like is in Lesnar. Or give me an email. Uh, you can email me at Gretzky Rocks, Rock spelled R O X, at gmail.com. That is it for today's edition of the One Man Sports Show. Uh, I thank you for listening. This is an independent, uh, you know. Uh, independent passion project of mine and, and i'm really glad to be able to share share my uh my my ideas and thoughts with you guys and i look forward to doing that again tomorrow i hope you guys all have a great day and like i said thanks for listening see ya